0: (laughs) As we continue with the promises of the Holy Spirit for our lives, I am just, I am struck by the goodness of God, the kindness of God. I don't know about you, but he's just, he's all the time good. And I just, I have a feeling that I miss it way too often. That's why I talked about what I talked about earlier. Uh, I'm tired of missing the goodness of God in my life. Not that it's not there, I just, I'm not aware because I'm not looking for his goodness. God didn't save us and then let us go to, you know, just figure out life on our own. He provided for every part of the abundant life that he envisioned for us. His Holy Spirit is an integral part of that. His Holy Spirit speaks. He communicates to us because the foundation of any relationship is communication. The Holy Spirit provides power not just to live this life, but to thrive, to be more than conquerors in this life. He goes with us on life's journey to guide us. He teaches us. He takes up residence within us, giving us the ability to abide in Christ. He comforts us in every hard, difficult situation. And when it's so hard, we don't even know how to pray, he groans with us. Why? Because he is just that good. God is good all the time, and... All the time, God is good. You know, there's a Dennis the Menace cartoon. Anybody remember Dennis the Menace cartoons? It's maybe a little bit old for some of you. Dennis the Menace and his friend Joey were walking away from the Wilson's house. Mr. and Mrs. Wilson was kind of the the boon and the bane of Dennis's life, both good and, and, and bad. Mr. Wilson didn't appreciate Dennis very much. But they're walking away from the Wilson's house, and both of them have their hands full of cookies. And Joey says to Dennis, I wonder what we did to deserve this. And Dennis answers back, Mrs. Wilson doesn't give us cookies because we are nice. She gives us cookies because she's nice. Think about that. Think about that. God is good all the time. He doesn't reward us just because we're good. He rewards us. He gives us his goodness because he is good. He is good. This morning, we're looking at another promise of the Holy Spirit, the promise of renewal. And I want to read from Titus 3, uh, verse 3 this morning. But, you know, I'm going to read to you out of the Message Bible. I don't do that that often. But I love the way that Eugene Peterson paraphrased this particular passage in the Message Bible. He says, It wasn't so long ago that we ourselves were stupid and stubborn, dupes of sin, ordered every which way by our glands, going around with a chip on our shoulder, hated and hating back. But when God, our kind and loving Savior God, stepped in, he saved us from all that. It was all his doing. We had nothing to do with it. He gave us a good bath, and we came out new people, washed inside and outside by the Holy Spirit, our Savior Jesus poured out new life so generously, God's gift has restored our relationship with him and given us back our lives. And there's more life to come, an eternity of life. You can count on this. I like that translation. I, I just think, it's like, wow, okay, I can live with that. Most of the commentaries about this translation have just one thought about the idea of renewal this new life that he talks about. We are renewed when we get saved. That's the idea. It's all about salvation. But we're not renewed only when we get saved, even though there's a lot of truth to that idea. When you were saved, you became a new creature in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, anyone who is in Christ is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. That new thing is the Holy Spirit taking up residence within you. It doesn't mean you can't behave like the old creature. But the old creature's supposed to be dead. Okay? That dog's not supposed to hunt anymore. He's supposed to be dead. Okay? You're supposed to be living in the new creature, which is living in the strength, the power, the guidance, the teaching, the comfort of the Holy Spirit. That's why I'm doing this series on the Holy Spirit. I want us to, to know more about how to live this life before God as His trusted people. Salvation is perhaps the ultimate renewal for any person, but renewal is more than just getting saved. And I want to talk today about other aspects of renewal. Renewal for the purpose of service in the kingdom of God. Renewal for overcoming power to live our lives daily. And renewal for the purpose of hope, hope in a future, which are all part of what we're talking about this morning out of Titus 3, verses 3 through 8. I want to read it one more time for you. The, uh, the message translation is great, but I also want to read it to you out of the NIV. This is NIV. Nope, this is New American Standard. Brought the other Bible this morning, and that's okay. I just have to get to tight. Here we go. Listen again. For we also once were foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy, hating and hating one another. But when the kindness of God, our Savior, and his love for mankind appeared, He saved us, not on the basis of deeds, which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. That's what I want to talk about this morning. Renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy statement. Let's stop and pray. I want us to get a really good grip on what he's saying in this passage. Heavenly Father, I just pray right now that you would open up our ears. Holy Spirit, that you would take this scripture and you would apply it to our lives in such a way that it doesn't just make sense, it actually changes who we are. From the inside out, Father, change who we are. Holy Spirit, apply this truth to our lives. I don't want us to go through another day with it going in one ear and... Out the other. I want it to change who I am today. Prepare me to step into an eternity as a child of God, fully renewed, fully restored in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to start with a working renewal by asking a question. This, the idea here is that God has saved us for a purpose and a reason, and our renewal is for a purpose and a reason. So let me ask you, did anyone encourage another person this week? Anybody? Encourage another person? You can think of, of one time, at least this week that you did that. OK? Think about that. Who would be willing to share that? What's your sister's name? Teresa? Okay, everybody. Did you hear that? Could everybody hear? Okay. Teresa's struggling. Okay. And Sarah comes alongside and what does she do? She shares the word of God. Okay. That's all we have to do. That is all that encouragement needs from us is to repeat what we already know, what God has laid on our hearts, what God has done for us. So I want to do something right now. I want to stop and pray for Teresa. Okay? Can we do that? Heavenly Father, we just want to lift up Teresa to you right now. Holy Spirit, be the comforter that we know that you are to her. Be so real to her that it's, it's so tangible that she can feel your presence just wash over her. In the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Anybody else? Let's just take a moment. Heavenly Father, we just want to lift up Melissa's friend. To, uh, to be in that kind of juxtaposition, Father, where on, on one hand your heart is broken on the other hand your heart is delighted and full of life. Uh, to, to have those opposing feelings. Holy Spirit, again, we ask for you to be the comforter. We ask for you to be the joy that fills them up, that takes away the sorrow and the sting that it can have. And in the name of Jesus, we just declare a wonderful, Wonderful time with their daughter. Full of joy. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, let me ask you a different question. Did anyone serve anybody this week? You know, maybe you did the dishes, moms. Okay. Did the laundry. Fixed a leaky faucet, dad. Okay. Whatever. Did anybody serve somebody this week? Okay. Somebody give testimony? Just something you did. You're not bragging. You're just giving testimony. Amen. Hey, let me ask you another question. Did anybody exhort anyone this week? I know we're talking about the three principles of prophecy here, and we're talking about encouraging, we're talking about serving, we're talking about exhorting, comforting, these things that that we do. But did anybody exhort anyone this week? Okay, you don't know what exhort means, do you? That's okay. Okay. To exhort someone is to urge them, to prompt them, to prod them. It's kind of like it's kind of like encouragement, but it's encouragement with a cattle prod. <laughs> okay? It's the idea of getting them moving, okay? It's some it's a typically verbal thing, although it can be done by example or by action, to exhort someone to do the right thing is to plead or to urge them to move in a positive direction. It's encouragement with direction added, okay? That is actually what exhorting someone is. It's encouragement with direction added. I'm going to encourage you, but I'm going to encourage you in this way to move this direction, okay? Did anybody do that this week? Would you share? She exhorted her to, to, to do that, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what it is. It's, it's not being pushy, but it is prompting. It is urging, somebody to move in a direction you know that's good for them, you know, because God knows that it's good for them, and he's told you so, kind of thing. That's what exhorting is about. You know, maybe you did one or even all of these things this week for someone else, with someone else. If you did, folks, then you are engaged in a working version of renewal by the Holy Spirit. Listen again to Titus 3. At one time, We too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of our God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we become heirs having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying. And I want you to stress these things. Listen carefully. I want you to stress these things so that those who have been trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. There is a purpose to our renewal. It's that we would do what is good, the things that are excellent excellent and profitable for everyone. That's how the NIV translates that part. Devoting ourselves to doing what is good or profitable is the direct result of the renewing work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for us in advance to do. You were saved. You were created in Christ to do good works. It is by rebirth and renewal that we walk out these good things, these good deeds. They don't have to be great deeds, folks, just good deeds. They don't have to rock the world. They just have to help somebody walk through it. Even what might seem like the smallest of good deeds can mean everything to someone who needs What you have to give. Listen to this story. From World War II, there's a story that shows how even the smallest deed can make a difference. During the last months of the war, the British conducted daily bombing raids over Berlin, and one night the bombers were attacked by a large group of German fighter planes. During the dogfight, one of the bomber planes got separated from the protection of the British fighter planes. They watched helplessly as a German fighter plane came within range. Bullets whizzed by over and over until thud, 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 thud. Five bullets slammed in the fuselage of the bomber near the gas tank. The crew braced for the explosion, but it never came. Fuel poured from the bullet holes, but there was no explosion. After landing, a mechanic handed the pilot five bullets he had pulled from the plane. The pilot carefully opened the shells. They were empty except... For a tiny wad of paper with a note that read, We are Polish POWs forced to make bullets. When the guards do not look, we do not fill with powder. It is not much, but it is the best we can do. Five tiny bullets made by a few weak and lowly prisoners. But for the crew of that British bomber, made all the difference. No matter how small or insignificant the work you did for someone else this week, you did it and you did it through the renewal of the Holy Spirit. That's what he's there to do. He's there to give you that impetus, to urge you to do those good works. And it doesn't matter how small they are. Like I said, you don't have to rock the world. You just have to help somebody walk through it. This is a part of of the value of the promise of renewal in our daily lives as we connect with other people, but there's also value for us as well. That would be the daily renewal for us inside of us. In Decision Magazine, uh, Joni Erickson Tada, does everybody know who she is? Uh, Probably not, huh? Okay. Uh, Joni is, is, well, as a young lady, she was a very athletic young lady, and in a freak accident, she dove into some Uh, uncharacteristically shallow water um, in a a river, and she broke her neck. Uh, She hit a rock, and it broke her neck, and it left her a paraplegic. But she had just an amazing faith in God. And despite being a paraplegic who has no use of her arms or legs, she learned how to paint, and she became a famous painter. She sang, and she recorded an album. I think we finally got rid of all of our, our vinyl, but we had that album. Just an amazing lady. Goes around the world speaking and encouraging people. But she writes this. His honesty is always the best policy, but especially when you're surrounded by a crowd of women in a restroom during a break at a Christian women's conference. One woman was putting on lipstick and she said, oh, Joni, you always look so together, so happy in your wheelchair. I wish I had your joy. Several women around her nodded. How do you do it? She asked as she capped her lipstick. I don't do it, I said. In fact, may I tell you honestly how I woke up this morning? This is an average day, I breathed deeply, after my husband, Ken, leaves for work at 6 a.m. I'm alone until I hear the front door open at 7 a.m. That's when a friend arrives to get me up. While I listen to her make coffee, I pray, oh Lord, my friend will soon give me a bath, get me dressed, sit me up in my chair, brush my hair and teeth, and send me out the door. I don't have the strength to face this routine one more time. I don't have the resources. I don't have a smile to take into this day, but you do. Can I have yours? God, I need you. So what happens when your friend comes through the door, one of them asked? I turn my head toward her and I give her a smile that's sent straight from heaven. It's not mine. It's God's. And so I said, gesturing with my paralyzed legs, whatever joy you see today was hard won this morning. I have learned that the weaker we are, the more we need to lean on God. And the more we lean on God, the stronger we discover him to be. Sorry. Folks, there is a daily renewal that is available to us in Christ. Listen, listen to the words from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases power to the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So let me ask you a question. Let's start with the moms in the house. Anyone get tired of all the stuff moms do every day this week? Some of you did. Maybe even had a heart-to-heart with God about how exhausted you were, and yet you still found the strength to do the things you needed to do anyway, didn't you? Didn't you? Anyone work to the point of exhaustion this week? I tell you what, concrete can be hard work sometimes. And then go the extra mile because somebody needed help, something more needed to get done. Verse 29 says, he gives strength to the weary and increase the power of the weak. You know, there's a place that we can go for daily renewal, even hourly renewal, even minute by minute renewal, if that is what we need where the reality of I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me actually gets played out in our lives. I know that this promise is one I cannot live without. After working construction all week, I will often get to Saturday night wondering how I'll even stay awake to write out a sermon. Sometimes it's like that. Last night was not like that. It was weird. I mean, I went into my office about, what, 630 Yeah, 6.30, and I walked out right around 9 o'clock, done. And I was like, what? It's like, yeah, she was shocked. She was like, fall over, what happened? I don't know, it just came. (laughs) It just happened. But week after week, I have a week like that, and he helps me to get it done anyway. And I never feel like I'm writing alone, especially last night. I did not feel like I was writing alone, quite frankly, without the Holy Spirit. I doubt I would have anything worth it saying on Sunday morning. What happens when we do, as Scripture suggests, when we wait upon the Lord? I believe that we are given supernatural strength to accomplish whatever God has called us to. In the 19th century, lighthouses were on the U.S. coast, and they were tended by lighthouse keepers and their families. If a man tended the light, took ill, or became somehow disabled, often the work was picked up by his wife or his children. It was their calling. It was their job. Such was the case with Hosea Lewis. Having become in 1853 the keeper of the light on Lime Rock Island in Newport, Rhode Island, Lewis suffered a stroke just four years later, at which time his teenage daughter, Ida, assumed responsibility for the lighthouse. Each day she cleaned the reflectors, trimming the wick, filling the oil reservoir at sunset and midnight along with providing her father's care. With long and demanding tasks, Ida was unable to continue her schooling, but daily she delivered her siblings to class, whatever the weather, by rowing 500 yards to the mainland. In the mid-1800s, it was unusual to see a woman maneuvering a boat, but Ida became well-skilled and well-known for handling the heavy craft. The teenager gained a measure of fame at the age of 16 when she rescued four young men after their boat had capsized. She rowed to their aid, hearing their screams as they clung to their overturned craft. On March 29 of 1869, Ida saved two drowning servicemen from nearby Fort Adams. Public knowledge of Ida's courage spread as far as Washington, D.C., inspiring President Ulysses S. Grant to visit Ida at Newport just a year later. Ida had rescued another two soldiers in 1881 for which she was awarded the U.S. Life-Saving Service highest honors. In early February of that year, the two soldiers were crossing from Newport to Lime Rock Island on foot when the ice gave away. Ida, the lighthouse keeper, came running with a rope. Ignoring the peril to herself from weak and rotten ice, she pulled one and then the other man to safety. All told, Ida Lewis personally saved something like 25 people in 50-plus years of keeping the light. Her last reported rescue (laughs) came at the age of 63 when she saved a friend who had fallen into the water on her way to visit Ida on the island. Asked where she found the strength and courage for such a feat. I think this is cool. Her answer, I don't know. I ain't particularly strong. The Lord Almighty gives it to me when I need it. That's all. And that's enough. That's enough. One last thing about this promise that you need to know too. You know, I love that scripture from Isaiah 40 because it talks about those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But sometimes we don't look at the whole passage as it begins. That promise there begins with these words in verse 28. Do you not know and have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. The writer Isaiah is giving us the credentials of God here. He is everlasting, he is creator, inexhaustible and beyond our understanding. But he is also letting us in on a different truth. He's letting us in on what is available to us. He goes on to describe part of that in terms of God giving us strength. But there's another attribute to God that is available. That part says his understanding no one can fathom. Folks, God is brilliant, beyond brilliant. And guess what? He shares his brilliance in the same way that he shares his strength. In the same way that we shall run and not be weary and walk and not faint, he also gives us knowledge. 1 Corinthians 2.9 in the New Testament says this, However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. Does that sound familiar? It sounds just like what we're talking about in Isaiah. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him, but... God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. Get that? We're given knowledge by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught, uh, taught us by human wisdom but in words taught by the Spirit expressing spiritual truth in spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God for they are foolishness to him and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. But the spiritual man makes judgments about all things but he himself is not subject to another man's judgment for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him but, and get this, We have the mind of Christ. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is an everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. He gives us strength like an eagle to mount up. But it also says in his understanding, no one can fathom. And then when you go to the New Testament, through the power of the Holy Spirit, remember Isaiah exists in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, God has revealed himself to us. And even though the unredeemed person can't quite grab who God is, we have been given more. We have been given the mind of Christ. And that is part of what renews us. Because we're supposed to be walking a life of renewal. Walking a life that we become more and more like Jesus all the time. And that's what's available. So let me ask you a question. Did anybody here have a brilliant idea this week? Just a brilliant idea. I get brilliant ideas almost daily. It's not because I'm brilliant. Okay? But it's because the one who's in me is really quite brilliant. I remember the first time I said that to Ray, we were working on the gates uh, at the storage place and just couldn't figure them out. And lo and behold, God downloads to Ray what the problem is and he gets it fixed. And I, I just, I, I, you're brilliant. That, that's just brilliant. That's what God does. Anybody have a brilliant idea this week? Get backed up against a wall? Somebody want to share? So it's a brilliant idea waiting to be clothed in some kind of yeah, to see what reality does with it yeah okay does with it. I let me just say that is brilliant yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's a brilliant idea i, I can I can see that just taken off that is yeah that is brilliant okay well, <laughs> in we'll have we'll have to work out some way of getting it. the message out yeah. you know that that people are available to come and pick the fruit and and get it to people who need it. Yeah. That is aw- that is a brilliant idea. That is brilliant. Anybody else have a brilliant idea this week? God does this, folks. He renews us by giving us brilliant ideas because we are supposed to have the mind of Christ. We can call on the Holy Spirit to renew us when we're up against the wall, when we don't see a solution. We can ask God for one, and you'll be amazed at what God does to bring about what needs to happen in that given situation if we will lean into the Holy Spirit for that. Does that make sense? Confronted by any issue, a solution just pops into your head, and it makes all the pieces just make sense. Did you work out a different way to do something different just because you didn't have the resources or time you needed to do it the way you would normally have gotten it done? That happens to a lot to me in construction. You know, you get to the job site and lo and behold, whatever tool it was I needed is over at the other job or it's at home, you know, or something like that kind of thing. And yet, you know what? God downloads something. Well, I can do this kind of thing and I can still get this job done using a different tool, using something else some other resource. I find that those moments are usually the Holy Spirit going beyond my thinking, my cleverness, and providing just what I need in that moment. If that happened to you this week, then you got part of what the renewal of the Holy Spirit is about. That's just a part. There's also one more aspect that our verse today covers in terms of renewal, and that is the renewal that is coming, that isn't yet here. Listen, Matthew 19, verse 28 says, Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, at the renewal of all things, okay? So what is Jesus talking about? At a future time when renewal happens, I tell you the truth, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. Folks, there is a heavenly renewal coming for all of us who are in Christ Jesus. It's part of the promise of heaven and eternal life. I'm not going to go into a whole lot of that today. If you're in Christ, it is a promise for you. But here's what I want to do with that. After I finish with the promises of the Holy Spirit, which really I have just one more week in the promises of the Holy Spirit, next week we're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit sends and calls, how he sends us out, but also how he woos us to himself, okay? How he both sends and calls. After I get done with that, I'm thinking I'd like to take some time to step into the promises of our homecoming in God's presence. I'm going to talk a little bit about what heaven is like, the promises of heaven. I'm going to talk a little bit of what our world looks like in preparation of getting there. So I'll talk a little bit about what theologians call eschatology or the end times. Now, some of you have been curious about that subject, and I'm going to cover some of that as well. Not a lot of it. And trust me, I'm not going to go through the book of Revelation on this, okay? God, we're not going to talk about every bowl and every wrath that is poured out, Okay? but we are gonna talk about what's held for the believer, the promises that are held for the believer in the return of Jesus. When he comes, as this passage says, and he is seated on his heavenly throne, okay? When he returns for us, what, what does that mean for us? What are the promises that are contained in that moment where in the twinkling of an eye we shall become like him, but also what happens after that too? And I hope you're, you're interested in that journey. I'm interested in sharing it with you. So I hope you're, you're interested in what that looks like. In the meantime, I want you to think this week on just a couple things, just to take this away from you from here this morning. I want you to think about the goodness of God, okay? Get that cemented in your mind this week. That's your homework, okay? I want you to think about the goodness of God so that you will see the goodness of God in everything That he has for you. And then I want you to do one other thing. Would you spend some time thanking the Holy Spirit for the way that he renews you? How he gives you strength to make it through the day. How he gives you understanding to make it through situations. What the Holy Spirit brings to our life, I I think we need to be aware of. And we need to thank him for it. Can you do those two things? Think about the goodness of God and look for it, okay? Okay. And also thank the Holy Spirit for what he brings into our lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for the gift that is the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for your work of renewal in our lives, for the way that you give us strength when we need strength, for the way you give us understanding when we lack understanding, for the way that you help us walk this journey hand in hand with the Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Make yourself known to us this week. As we look for the goodness of God in the land of the living, help us to see what you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen.